Hello everyone, and welcome to some more Nea Wrestling! It's me here, Mark Sylvester, and welcome today guys to another edition of the Big Four pay-per-view review. Now what the Big Four pay-per-view review is guys, it's where I do a review of one of the Big Four WWE pay-per-views. And so then guys, for today's review, I'm going to be reviewing the pay-per-view known as the Survivor Series War Games 2023 held from Chicago and I. You want to play games? We're going to play games. War Games. The boys want to fight you better let them. Let's settle this the right way. Surrounded by a steel cage. We found a fifth member. The Apex Predator. Oh my god, are you kidding me? We want war games! We accept your challenge. It is time to go to war. Damage control looking stronger than ever. Two rings surrounded by a steel cage. The man has answered the call. United by a common enemy. Now we had the opening package to the show building up the, the two different war games matches with the um, song by um, Black Sabbath which I thought was really cool slash Ozzy Osbourne and that was really, really cool and stuff and then we had the first match which was the women's war games and they go over the rules of the match it tells you obviously when you're watching at home or what the rules are so if you've never seen a war games match before they're kind of telling you so basically it is you have four versus four or five versus five depending on the match um you have it where two wrestlers uh start the match at the beginning where um a member from each team and then after every five minutes another member of that particular team goes into the ring and then as soon as all members of both teams are in that's when the uh match officially begins and there can be a um pinfall submission to end the match so basically the match doesn't ever end beforehand. So if anyone is in a submission move and they're tapping, it won't count until all members are in the cage, basically. And it's really, really cool as well because with the War Games, it's the only ever match in the WWE because it used to be a thing in WCW. They ended up bringing in this, in a sense, the Hell in a Cell slash Elimination Chamber, but then through NXT and now full with WWE being run by Triple H, Paul DeBette, they now have the War Games. Um, you have Bianca Belair coming out first, then you had Shotzi, then you had Charlotte Flair, and then you had Becky Lynch, and then she heads towards the ring to start the match because she's the first person on the Faces team. And then you have Damage Katal all coming out, all five members, because at, uh, at the moment Dakota Kai is out injured with her knee, and they're making sure that she's ready and fully uh, recovered before she goes back out to wrestle properly. And they all come out with these amazing masks looking all fucking badass and awesome as ever. It's just so, so cool to see these five women look so cool. And then you had Bailey heading towards the ring to start the match against Becky Lynch. So then Becky Lynch and Bailey are the first two wrestlers to start the match. 
Um, both women slam each other's faces into the turnbuckle. There's a big back and forth between uh, both ladies with the big boo-yay, boo-yay thing where you had every time Belly would do an attack, there would be the boo. Every time Becky would do her big clubbing blow, there would be a cheer. And there was a massive backsplode to Bailey. And then you had Bailey throwing Becky into the cage. Then Bailey throws Becky into the other side of the cage as well. And you had Bailey throwing Becky between the rings. Uh, and then she hits this amazing suplex on it because you have that sort of like the steel beam bit between each rings to kind of get them both together. And then Becky's able to then stop Bailey by throwing it into the cage. And then you have Becky with his big sliding drop kick into Bailey into the cage. That was a beautiful move. And then you had Becky with a disarmor on to Bailey, but Dakota Kai hits Bailey with a kendo stick. Then you had Bailey hitting a leg sweep onto Becky where she hits a kendo stick. After the five minutes are up, Jotzi is out next and slams the door into Bailey's face. Then you had uh, then you had Shotzi out next and she hits Bailey um, in the head with a steel door right in her face. Um, then you had Shotzi just gets underneath the ring a load of weapons and just chucks them all into the ring. And then from Brett's rope, Shotzi kicks the steel chair into Bailey's face. Shotsu with a big diving crossbody onto Bailey, and he had a really cool moment where you had Shotsu uh, using the chair as like a springboard. She hits this amazing springboard um, senton onto Bailey, who's lying on Brett's rope. Uh, Shotsu with a suicide dive from one ring to the other one, which is really cool. They're using both rings at the same time. Uh, there's a big tug of war between Bailey and Becky for the kendo stick. And then Bailey ends up getting hit repeatedly by Becky. Uh, Becky and Shotzi with a double elbow onto Bailey. And then you have Eo Sky next, the WWE Undisputed Women's Champion. Um, Eo uses the chain that she has onto Becky and Shotzi. Eo with the chain again launches both Shotzi and Becky. Um, then you have Eo hit double knees onto Shotzi. Bailey and Sky hit a double superplex from the top rope onto Becky. Uh, Bianca Belair is out next. And you have a really cool moment when Bianca Belair comes in and she's using her hair as a big whip onto um, Io and Bailey repeatedly. Then you have uh, Bianca hit a big spine buster onto onto Bailey. And there's a really cool moment where you have Io and Bailey both holding onto Bianca's hair, but then Bianca is able to flip them off of her hair and then hit this amazing double superplex which then just shows her amazing strength that she's able to do that because Bianca Belair is fucking awesome and strong as fuck. Uh, then you have a really cool moment where you have Shotzi hits a top rope splash and then Becky hits a leg drop from the top rope. And then we have Kyrie Zane who is out next. Uh, Kyrie picks up a trash can lid to hit Shotzi and drop kicks Becky. Io then launches Kyrie into the air where she hits her patterned beautiful, and I do mean mwah, beautiful elbow onto the chairs, what shots is under. Then you have Bianca launches Kari from one ring into the other. Charlotte is out last for the faces team, and you have her being Charlotte hitting multiple chops onto Kyrie. And then you have Becky and Charlotte having this amazing big stare down to each other because obviously it's um, going on to their long time feud, a long time thing of how long they've been like rivals to each other which then causes Io and Kyrie to shove them into each other. And then you have Io uh, takes the trash can lid to the top of the cage, 
where she puts it over her head and splashes onto everyone. For me, this is an amazing moment. The crowd go, holy shit, that was fucking insane. It was really cool as well because she does it before in a previous War Games match. So it's quite cool to kind of have that sort of like bringing back something that happened several years ago. And then you have uh, the Empress of Tomorrow, the amazing Asuka is out next. And then you have uh, the ring announcer going, let the War Games begin! Which is basically now that all members of both teams are in the match, it means that they now can begin it proper and there can finally be a winner by pinfall or submission. Becky and Bianca get chained up together where all four members of Damage Katal hit stereo running drop kicks. And then you had Asuka spitting mist into Shotzi's face. Charlotte climbs to the top of the cage and she hits this massive moonsault. Another really cool moment as well, showing off that sort of like um, daredevil-likeness of the women's war games match. Because they're putting it all on the line. They want to be, they want to destroy each other because it's that's a proper war game should be. And then you have this really cool moment where you had Becky and Charlotte hugging because it's something that we never would have thought we would see because of their massive rivalry from a couple of years before this. And then you had um, Shotzi hitting a beautiful big crossbody onto Asuka from the top rope. And then you had all the faces hitting their big finishers onto Bailey, where you had Becky hitting the manhandle slam through the table as the finale for the one, the two, and the three, and the faces win. Now for me guys, I thought this match was really good. It showed off both teams great uh, way that they were selling things, great way that they were like, work together and stuff because obviously Damage Kachal have been a, a tandem for a while now, been like a faction for ages. I thought there was some really cool moments, some really cool spots. They used both rings really, really well. And when you had that moment of Becky and Charlotte hugging and, and actually being connected and stuff, it worked because you still had that sort of like, I don't trust you, but I'm going to tag up. I'm going to, I don't trust you, but I'm going to tag of you because it's against a uh, bigger enemy. And I thought that was really well done and it was just and this was a great match and yeah for a war games match guys this match was fantastic uh to have them hug and i thought it worked really really well because even though they were both still very much like i don't really like you all that much but i'm gonna tag of you against the the common enemy but i like the fact as well that they were at the end hugging and celebrating with each other because actually they were like i trust you now and we're going to work together and stuff and i like that with paul Devex. wwe because i really like that as well with paul Devex e because it makes it all very much um like realistic it's more very much makes more it very much is more common sense related it makes more sense and it's just something that it isn't kind of like but you hated me a while ago but now you're a good guy or now you're a bad guy or now like, okay you mean you were best friends but now you just turned on me which i kind of like that there's actually a reason and there's actually a point to these kind of things where with the whole thing of the um bloodline it was quite interesting that with the whole Jay Uso thing because he was the one who in a sense knocked out Randy Orton when they mentioned it obviously on Raw and Smackdown etc with that kind of thing it makes it work because it's kind of like okay then you're not part of them anymore but if you do end up being part of them again I will destroy you so it kind of as a sort of like there's that reason and it doesn't make the baby faces look really stupid where in a few years ago with Vince still in charge it wouldn't have been as um as sensical like it is nowadays, and I really like that about Triple H's um, War Wrestling Entertainment because it makes it more interesting and more fun for us as fans because it now makes a lot of sense. It isn't just nonsensical booking. 
there's actually a point to these kind of things. And even though, yes, at that precise moment or that precise point, there might have been like, what the fuck are you doing? But actually, if you leave it to run, if you kind of leave it, but like, actually the story hasn't ended yet, it then it ends up making sense. You know, it's like, oh my God, I can see why that happened. And then it ends up being like, actually, that really made sense. I was actually like, oh my God, I can see why he did that there. And then it makes the wrestling more interesting. And I love it because it isn't just, oh, it's the Survivor Series, let's do a War Games match. It actually, it made sense. It was building up for months and months. Damage Control were both on Raw and SmackDown causing a ruckus. The face wanted to make a team between each other to fight against them and it made it work. And I thought for me, it was a really good match. And even though, yes, I would have preferred it to Damage Control to win, but a loss to them doesn't really make any difference because they're still over, they're still really, really popular. And it'll be interesting to see what they're going to do next as Bailey lost, even though she's a leader. So yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see what they're going to do in the future. And the second match we had, guys, on the pay-per-view was for the IC Championship between Gunther versus The Miz. Uh, you had Miz come out first, then followed by Gunther. I mean, Gunther is one of my favourite wrestlers. He's fucking awesome. He's fucking great. And the announcers put over the facts of Gunther being the longest reigning IC champion of all time, where he beat the Honky Tonk Man's record of lasting over 35 years. I thought that was fucking insane. Um, Miz got some strikes on Gunther, but then Gunther hit a beautiful, and I do mean beautiful, big chop. I mean, his chops are some of the best chops ever. Even he said in an interview with Chris Van's Fleet, where he likes it with the crowd's quiet. So when he does do the chop, there's more of that sort of like impact, more of that sort of like fucking hell, like you, you could hear it. Um, Miz then trips up Gunther and he rams Gunther's leg against the ring post and then he wraps it around the ring post to put in the Bret Hart uh, figure four leg lock. I really like this because it's an influence and a homage to the brilliant and absolute greatest, the best there is, best there was, the best there ever will be, Bret the Hitman Hart. Bret Hitman Hart! Then you had Gunther giving the Miz a German suplex, and you had Gunther as well with another big chop, and then you had Gunther hits a power bomb and only gets a two count because the Miz kicks out. I thought this was really well done because it puts over the Miz as a great challenger, but it also puts over the fact as well that any move of Gunther's repertoire can end the match. Then you had the Miz hitting a low blow, then a skull crushing finale for only a two count. I thought this was well done because it kind of puts over the fact that even though the Miz at the moment is a face against Gunther, he still has those heel tendencies, he still has those like heelness inside him but then it also shows the strength and brutality of Gunther to be able to kick out and then you had Gunther hits the big clothesline and then he applies a Boston Crab which is really, really brutal because he kind of puts it into more of the lion tamer because he has his knee onto the Miz's head which then causes the Miz to tap and I thought this was well done because it also shows like I mentioned slightly earlier about the repertoire of Gunther, the fact that he can beat The Miz in all different kinds of ways, the fact that he can beat an opponent in four or five different ways as well. It kind of just puts over him as the ring general and I thought this was well done because it helps put over The Miz to show him as a fighting challenger. He did a lot of moves that he normally doesn't do. He did a lot of big moments and big spots but then it also puts over Gunther 
because as being the ring general, he can destroy you and beat you in many different ways. And I think it puts over all his different moves and his finishes that even though, okay, the power bomb didn't win this time, but maybe it might be another big chop or it could be his clothesline. But this, he was like, nah, I'm going to hit the Boston Crab and I'm, and he's going to make him tap. And I thought that was really well done. And that's why for me, Gunther is one of my wrestlers of the year. And the third match we had, guys, was between Santos Escobar versus Dragon Lee. Now, this was Dragon Lee's first big PLE. I mean, he had Santos coming out first and then followed by Dragon Lee. And he had this big moment where Santos hits Lee with a huge double knees into the corner. Then he had Lee leaped over the top rope where he gives a somersault dive to Escobar. Then he had Lee hitting a big double knee again. And then he had... Uh, then he actually had it this time being Lee hitting the big double knee onto Escobar. Then he had Escobar hits a massive super kick. And then he had Escobar hitting the Canadian Destroyer. And then the Phantom Driver for the one, the two and the three. I genuinely thought this match was another great match as well. Even though, yes, I wanted Dragon Lee to win because it was his first PLE. But then at the same time, he wanted Santos Escobar to win because he left the LWO. He's turned heel. It's his first big heel match. And that's the reason why I think for me, this was the right decision. This was the correct decision. And it's going to be really, really interesting to see what they're going to be doing with Santos Escobar and Dragon Lee in the future. And the next match we had, guys, was for the WWE World Women's Championship between Rhea Mami Ripley versus Zoe Starks. Now to begin the match guys, we had Zoe Starks come out first, then we had Mami who comes out next to a big and great reaction because Mami is great, Mami is amazing, like Rhea Ripley is for me the best thing about the women's division in the whole of wrestling in general, she is that good. And then you have this amazing moment with Zoe hitting a drop kick which launches uh, Rhea out of the ring. Yeah, this really cool moment where she had Zoe hit this big drop kick onto Rhea, which launches her out of the ring. And then you had Zoe hits a big crossbody onto Rhea, who's on the outside. And then you had Rhea hitting Zoe with a big headbutt. And then you had Rhea hit this really, really big suplex. And then you had Rhea hitting a big front slam and a Northern Lights for a two count. And then you had Zoe with a German suplex into running kick for a two. And then you had finally, to end the match, Rhea Ripley hitting the Riptide after stopping Zoe's Z360 or Z360, depending on where you're from, for the one, the two, and the three. And Mami, Rhea Ripley is still the world woman's champion. Now for me, guys, I thought this match was good. It shows off Zoe's like spark, her tenacity, her great fire and stuff. But it also as well shows just how good Rhea Ripley is, just how amazing she is. And it's just so, so cool to see what's going to happen in the future with Rhea Ripley and where she's going to go above and beyond. And hopefully she'll become a longtime champion, just like Gunther and just like Roman Reigns. And the world's the oyster for mommy. And it's now time for your main event. And this is... The Men's War Games. Drew McIntyre is out first, followed by the rest of the Judgment Day. And then you have Finn Balor heading towards the ring. Cody is out next. Jey Uso is out next as well for the faces. 
And then he had Sami Zayn out next too. And then finally, you had Seth Rollins out for the faces and he heads towards the ring where it's going to be Finn and Seth to start the match, which is a continuation of their feud from the summer. Seth does a big dive onto Finn and he throws him into the cage. Then you had Finn sling Seth into the cage three times. Uh, then you had Finn hits a big sling blade. And then you had this cool moment where you had uh, Seth hits a super kick, but he goes for a pedigree. But then um, Finn blocks that move and hits a big body drop to Seth between the two rings. And then you had JD McDonough is out next. JD uh, uses the kendo stick onto Seth. Uh, JD and Finn both using kendo sticks onto Seth where they hit them repeatedly. And you have them, Finn uses the kendo stick to grind against Seth's face. Uh, Finn and JD are then hitting a double team suplex onto Seth. And then you had Jay Uso is out next. Um, Jay Uso hits both Finn and JD with a steel chair. Jay hits two big spinning kicks onto both JD and Finn. JD then hits a Spanish fly onto Jay, which was a great move. Seth hits a double axe handle onto Finn. Drew McIntyre wanted to go next, but Damian Priest stopped him and told him to stick to the plan. Which annoyed Drew because he wanted to just destroy the faces, destroy Seth especially. And then with this, Damian Priest is out next. Uh, Damian, with a baton that he pulled from his tights, he used it to hit Jay and Seth. Damian hits a broken arrow onto Jay into a flatliner onto Seth. Finn hits Jay with a steel chair. Sami Zayn is out next. Sami drags a table from under the ring. Sami clotheslines Damian over the top rope between both rings. Sami hits a blue thunder bomb onto Finn. Sami slams JD's head into the cage. Sami hits JD and Finn with a steel pipe. Sami hits Finn with a kendo stick. Drew McIntyre is out next. Drew suplex Sami across the ring. Drew hits a huge reverse Alabama slam. Drew and Jay exchange strikes. Drew hits a big neck breaker onto Jay and does a lovely uh, kip up. Drew throws Jay into the cage several times. Jay hits Drew with a super kick and Jay and Sammy hit, um, hit him with the 1D. Cody Rhodes is next up and they mention um, Dusty Rhodes created the War Games, which is a big homage towards his father. Cody threw Damien into the cage. Cody then grabbed a bull rope which had a bell on it. With Seth, they worked in tandem, attacking the JD with the bull rope. Dominic Mysterio is out next. Dom hits a pair of vertical suplexes onto Cody. Cody throws Dom into the cage. Drew and Damien hit stereo clotheslines onto Cody and Seth. The JD are dominant, hitting all their big moves like the moonsault. Coupe de Gras, a frog splash, and Damien gave Seth a Raiders edge through the table. Mami runs out with the briefcase and a ref. Randy Orton's music starts to play and he comes out, which then stops the cash in. And then he had the ring announcer go, let the war games begin. Orton hitting his beautiful power slam onto JD. Orton then threw Dom and JD into the cage. All five members of the Faces team give uh, draping DDTs onto all members of the Judgment Day. Orton then hits the RKO onto Dom. And then you have Seth hitting the stomp onto Damien between both rings. Sammy and Seth go after JD, who's trying to hide and escape the cage. But they catch up with him 
and you had both faces shoving JD off the cage and Orton hits the lovely RKO, which for me is one of my favourite RKOs of all time. It's probably in my top three. Uh, then you had Cody hitting a crossroads onto Damien for the one, the two and the three and the faces win. Now for me guys, I thought this match was really good. I thought this match was very exciting. You could see the whole hatred between all the different uh, teams, etc. I love the fact as well, even though you had Drew agreeing to be in the match because he wanted to kill Seth, he wanted to kill Sammy, he wanted to kill Jay because obviously he still hates Jay for being part of the bloodline and costing him his chance to become the undisputed champion when he was wrestling against Roman Reigns. But it was really cool to have Randy Orton back. I like the fact as well they had that whole build of suspense. They had the whole build of, okay, then is he going to come out? Is he going to do it? The fact that he came out looked like he wasn't even gone for that long. He looked as sharp as ever. He looked as great as ever. And it was really, really cool as well to see his amazing RKO that he did. And it's just great to have Randy Orton back. And I think for me, uh, like I'm going to go on in a minute to mention my match of night is obviously this one because this match was brilliant. This match was great. This match for me was a great match. And I think for me, just having Randy Orton back, just having how well the faces work together, it was a great match. It helped put over as well the the evilness of the heels. I felt for me as well, unlike the women's match, it was better booked in a sense where it was always the heels having the advantage rather than the faces, which I kind of find for me, in a sense, a reverse of the war games. It felt more of a traditional war games. And I think that even though, yes, women's war games match was a very, very close second for me as match of the night, but I think either one of the war games matches was great. And I think even though, yes, the other three matches had what they needed to be. And also as well, another reason why I love these matches as well is they didn't feel too long. They had a great length, both being just over half an hour long each. And it's just great to see when put in a proper match, when put into a proper feud, how these matches actually work and how these matches really put in the logicalness, the sense-making and the just great booking of Paul Levesque, Triple H and Hope, his reign of great booking, great storytelling and making WWE exciting again continues and going on to that point at the end of the show you had obviously the faces all celebrating you had Michael go again that's it guys that's the end of the show you had the copyright logo appear on the bottom of the screen and then you had the static and then oh my god he's fucking back he's fucking great uh, it's amazing hell has truly frozen fucking over CM Punk is back in the W. WE, that was an amazing moment. That was an amazing segment. And that's why, for me, CM Punk is my MVP. Uh, it would go closely second to Randy Orton because he's back. And then closely third to R-Truth because it was awesome to see R-Truth back. The fact that hell has frozen over. The fact that CM Punk is back in the WWE um, is just great. And it's just awesome to see what CM Punk and the WWE will be doing in the future, as already, CM Punk's shirt is the number one selling item on both the WWE and WWE Europe shopzone.com. And that, my friends, was my review of Survivor Series 2023. Let me know, guys, in the comments below what your thoughts are about this amazing pay-per-view and what you thought about the amazing War Games matches and how you think they compared to 
previous war games such as war games in WWE, WCW or NXT. And also as well, guys, how do you think as well the return of CM Punk, R-Truth and Randy Orton felt compared to other returns like Bret Hart back in 1996? I'd love to hear you guys think. And also as well, guys, please don't forget to like, follow and subscribe to No Wrestling. This has been No Wrestling, guys. I have been your amazing host, as always, Mark Sylvester. And don't forget, guys, to take care. And always remember... See ya, Puck! See ya, Puck! See ya, Puck! See ya, Puck! Personality. The cult of personality.